One of the most recognized names, probably infamous names from the New Testament is the name Herod. And one of the reasons why that name is so well known is because he shows up or seems to show up several times throughout the New Testament, usually under quite notorious circumstances. What we may not realize, however, is that these are actually several different men, all with the same name, that, that pop up throughout the Gospels and the book of Acts and, and even in the epistles. It's a whole family line of, of Herods. And for a little while this afternoon, I want to help maybe untangle that family tree. If you're like me and you sometimes get confused which Herod is this, uh, hopefully I can help with that. And I also want us to, to notice and see what a, an overall wicked lineage uh, it truly was. Well, the first Herod that we <coughs> read of is the man known as Herod the Great. He was uh, king of the Jews when Jesus was born. And we'll get to his involvement with the, the baby Jesus in just a moment. But, but first, let's get a, a little background on, on how Herod uh, got into power. Herod the Great, as I said, as he's called, um, he ruled as king of the Jews under Roman authority for 33 years, from 37 to 4 B.C. And from the start, Herod proved to be an extraordinary uh, political survivor. When civil war broke out in Rome, you may remember from some of the history or, or maybe some, some of the movies, uh, Rome, the, the war between Mark Antony and Octavian, Herod at first sided with Antony and, and his ally Cleopatra, who was the queen of Egypt. But then when Octavian defeated them, Herod immediately switched sides, and he uh, convinced Octavian that he was loyal to him. Following that victory, Octavian returned to Rome, and the Roman Senate made him the supreme military leader and gave him the honorary title Caesar Augustus, which means exalted one. And so under the backing of Caesar, Herod's position as king of the Jews was secure, and he would prove to be a loyal subject to Rome. He maintained order uh, in Israel. He did so with a strange mix of, of cleverness, but also cruelty. Herod was very distrustful, and he was very brutal. He ruthlessly crushed any potential opposition that, that he might have. The Jews never really accepted him as their legitimate king, and that, of course, infuriated him. And so he constantly feared conspiracy. In fact, he executed one of his wives. He had ten wives in all. But he executed one of his wives when he suspected that she was plotting against him. Three of his sons, another wife, and his mother-in-law also met the same fate when they too were suspected of conspiracy. Ironically, Herod tried to fit in with the Jews. In fact, uh, he did not eat pork, as Jews did not. But yet he indifferently murdered his wives and sons. And that cruel side of Herod, along with his paranoia, that fits very well into Matthew's account of the birth of Jesus found in Matthew chapter 2. You remember that the wise men came to Jerusalem asking, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star and have come to worship him. And Herod, um, pretending to be interested in worshiping uh, this new king as well, he sent those wise men with a mission to find the child and to report back to him so that he too could go and worship him. Of course, he had no intentions to worship him at all. Well, the wise men were warned, warned in a dream, and they went back home another way, 
And this made Herod furious as well. And you remember he sent and he killed all the male children in Bethlehem in that region and in all that region that were two years old or younger. Herod died in around 4 B.C. We're told about his death in Matthew 2 verse 19. History though, this is not recorded in the Bible, but history tells us of one final act of vengeance against his uh, disrespectful subjects. He rounded up leading Jews and he put them into prison and commanded that at his death they should be executed. And his reasoning was simply this. If no one was going to be sad and no one was going to mourn for his death, then at least they would mourn at his death. Luckily, when he died, that order was was overruled and those prisoners were released. But that just goes to show how wicked Herod was. And the wickedness, unfortunately, did not stop with him. Herod had at least five sons, and I don't know if you can read these names up here, but um, several of them were, were named Herod, um, and they all seemed to inherit their father's cruelty. <clears throat> History tells us that, that Herod had changed his will several times during his life, and after his death, it was contested by his sons, and so they appealed to Caesar, and Caesar divided the kingdom among these sons. <clears throat> One son, whose name was Archelaus, he ruled over Judea and Sumeria, or Samaria, and he was so oppressive, he was so erratic that Caesar actually removed him from office after about 10 years. Matthew uh, notes that Joseph and Mary moved to Galilee to get away from Archelaus's rule, Matthew 2, verses 21 through 23. And when he was removed from office, Judea and Samaria instead were transferred to the control of Roman governors. And we know about several of those governors that are mentioned in the New Testament, such as Pontius Pilate and Felix and Festus. Again, those would have never existed had Archelaus not been removed from, from his office. Another son of Herod the Great was named Herod Antipas, and he ruled over Galilee and Perea. <clears throat> this is the Herod that we read of during Jesus' public ministry. And he imprisoned and eventually executed John the Baptist. Remember, John spoke out against his marriage to Herodias, who was his brother Philip's ex-wife. That's found in Luke the third chapter and also in Mark the sixth chapter. And when Jesus began his ministry, performing miracles and, and teaching as no one had before, Herod wondered if, if this could be John risen from the dead. And so he sought to have Jesus killed, just as his father had. Some Pharisees once warned Jesus that Herod was seeking his life. We mentioned this this morning. And Jesus called him that fox, according to Luke 13, verses 31 and 32. Well, eventually Herod Antipas did get his wish to see Jesus, because it was this Herod that Pilate sent Jesus to stand before at his trial. And of course, we read of that encounter in Luke, the 23rd chapter, and about the cruel mockery that, that Herod subjected Jesus to. <clears throat> Yet another son of Herod the Great, who also carried the name Herod, was Herod Philip. He ruled over several regions north and east of Galilee. This Herod is, is mentioned only once in the New Testament. In Luke 3 and verse 1, uh, it just mentions that, uh, that he ruled over those regions. That's the only reference that we have to him. But apparently, there was another son of Herod the Great 
who had the exact same name, Herod Philip. I'm not sure how or why historians believe this to be two different sons with the same name, but uh, this is believed to be the brother of Herod Antipas, who was first married to Herodias, according to Mark 6 and verse 17. And quite a, a, store, a sordid situation involved there. Uh, Herod Antipas, who himself was, was already married, apparently became infatuated with his brother Philip's wife, and eventually they both divorced, and Herod Antipas and uh, Herodias <coughs> became married, an unlawful marriage, to say the least. And of course, as we said, this is what led to the beheading of, of John the Baptist. You remember um, that Herodias hated John, and she plotted and finally found an opportunity to get her daughter to request John's head on a platter. There was at least one other son of Herod the Great. His name was Aristobulus. Uh, we don't know much about him, uh, but we do know that his we do know about about his son and his grandson. He had a son named Herod Agrippa. This would be the first, and this would be Herod the Great's uh, grandson. And this is the one who executed James, the brother of John. Remember, he also had Peter arrested, uh, according to Acts chapter twelve. And then later in that same chapter, we read that, that this Herod, uh, on an appointed day, put on his royal robes and took his seat upon the throne, and he delivered an oration to the people. You remember the people shouted, the voice of a God and not of a man. And immediately an angel of the Lord struck Herod down because he did not give God the glory. And he was eaten by worms, the Bible tells us in Acts 12, verses 19 through 23. And then finally... Herod Agrippa I had a son whose name was Herod Agrippa II. This would have been the great-grandson of Herod the Great. And it was this Herod, together with his sister Bernice, or Bernice, who was invited by the Roman governor Festus to hear the Apostle Paul's defense in Caesarea in Acts 25 and 26. King Agrippa happened to be passing through town where Festus was holding Paul, Festus told him about this man whom the Jews had delivered up for apparently no good reason and that he would have let, likely let Paul go except Paul appealed to Caesar. And Agrippa said, well, I'd like to hear Paul for myself. And so Paul gets the chance to not only give his defense before the king, but more importantly, Agrippa and his wife got the chance to hear the gospel. And you remember Agrippa's famous response to Paul, you almost persuade me to be a Christian. Now there's been a lot of debate over whether he really meant that sincerely or whether he just said it out of sarcasm, but, but either way, this Herod was probably the closest Herod that ever came to obedience and salvation. <clears throat> but you know what they say about almost? It only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades, or as the old song says it much better, almost cannot avail, almost is but to fail, almost, but lost. Well, as we see, not only was Herod the Great a, a wicked ruler, but he had a, a wicked lineage that, that followed after him. And so the question I'd like to ask for, for ourselves today is, what will our family tree look like? You know, I doubt any of us will leave a legacy of, of cruelty and, and tyranny like the family of, of Herod did. But are we doing what we can to not only save ourselves, but to make sure that our children and their children 
and the generations of our family who follow us will know and be led by God's Word, because that is certainly our responsibility. Well, I hope that you've gained something from the, the study today. As I said, I often get confused with all the different Herods, and so this picture and, and this explanation helped me to, <coughs> to understand and, and, again, to just see what a, a wicked family this, this truly was. We never end a service without offering the gospel invitation. If there's one here this evening who has never taken the steps of belief, repentance, confession, and baptism for the forgiveness of your sins, then we encourage you to do so tonight. Or if you have done so but you have not remained faithful and would like the prayers of the church, then please come while we stand and sing.